Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. I am your first co-host, Sarah Musick. And I'm your second co-host, Carissa Bertles. I am your third co-host, Marcus Bishop-Wright. Welcome back, Carissa and Marcus. And it is an exciting time to be co-hosting Gene Noah and X-Men, the animated series podcast, because we Indeed. are re-watching that quintessential, like, mm, chef's kiss, mwah, uh, series of episodes that is the Phoenix Saga and leading into the Dark Phoenix Saga. A couple episodes ago, we looked at the two episodes that aired in primetime in the 90s, which was super cool. Uh, so if you missed those, go back and listen to them. And we are now on episode two of the Phoenix Saga, The Dark Shroud. Now, Carissa, this is, this is kind of new to you, right? This is your first time. Oh, yeah. No, it's been amazing because I feel like this is the moment I've been waiting for. You know, Gene um, is finally going to do something. She's, she's going to make it happen. She's going to persist, you know? And at the top of this episode, I was like, yes, she's going to hold on. She's going to like do a thing. And then she doesn't. But, um, you know, then she's like, Scott, Logan, some man, help me. But, and we're back where we start. <laughs> then later in the episode, she makes up for it with some like serious Phoenix vibes and some fabulous hair. So I'm on board. Right? Awesome. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, Chris has played Jean Grey in a parody X-Men uh, Christmas special musical, X-Men, A Merry Mutant Musical. And uh, yeah, it's it's been tough, I know, for you, Carissa, watching these first couple seasons where Jean yeah. basically falls over most episodes at, at best. So this is Yeah, I was stuff. like, this is it. She's going to finally deliver for me. So I'm excited. I would have to say that much like the comic book series... Jean's powers were downplayed pretty significantly during that first run before giant size X-Men number one and you bring mm -hmm. in Storm and Wolverine. Until she became the Phoenix, they didn't really treat her to her or telekinesis very seriously. Mm -mm. Very, you know, it was like it was about maybe lifting a knife or a rock. Um, and uh, and her telepathy was always not as impressive as the professor's. So the Phoenix in the comics was even such a huge upgrade for her. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, she was the token female in the X-Men, right? Because somebody needed a girlfriend, you know, they decided. So she was the Sue Storm, the Jan Van Dyne, you know, just that that one, we, we had to have a girl. We, we had to have a girl. And now, and now she's becoming a woman. So that's exciting. Now, Marcus, I know that you are a longtime fan of the X-Men. How has it been for you to revisit these episodes? Um, you know, the, the Phoenix Saga is the Phoenix Saga. It's always great. I mean, and this is the only time it was, you know, that it's in uh, 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 moving pictures. Um, I was going to say, uh, is it always great? Because I think we, yes, we when also it's a saga, to... the saga is yeah, always great. Okay, okay, uh, okay. You know, okay. the uh, you know a a movie which happened to have a story involving a phoenix. That's a different story and not a saga. All um, right. Thank you for clarifying. You know, which is definitely why they don't work out. It's much too big of a story requiring many to men, much too many different moving pieces to put into one movie, even if it winds up being two and a half hours. And I was thinking too, how exciting 
it was because so many firsts happen during the Phoenix saga that I think that as a longtime X-Men fan, I just take for granted. Like, I, and I think it's going to come up in a little bit where they make a big deal about like, and, and I think in the last couple episodes as well, it being a spaceship, like how crazy that was whereas i feel like today it's like ah who's calling is it the shiar is it the kree is it you know the nova Corps? who knows doesn't matter just old hat it was a big deal to send mutants into space none of them were military right? not like the avengers <laughs> you know like iron man was in the army in his early in his earliest origin well in the fantastic you know, remember where... he was like in the vietnam war yeah well, in the I'm thinking the Fantastic Four, like, were they, they all went on purpose. They didn't sneak on. They were like, like, friend, friends go into space on purpose. <laughs> Science <laughs> friends. Science friends and, go into space on purpose. <laughs> and a brother. And a brother. <laughs> Marvel loves siblings. They sure do. They've got a thing. Maybe they need I, to see their therapist about it. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely, I think uh, everyone's drawing upon something and it's just like, because it always leads to some kind of automatic tension. Which we're definitely going to see in the next episode as well, when the Cassidy boys come to town. True. Anyway, the opening of uh, season three, episode four, The Dark Shroud, of course, we get previously on X-Men, we get uh, Help Me, Charles Xavier, Help Me, which is, of course, Help Me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or My Only Hope, but, you know, X-Men, X-Men version. Uh, Lilandra's wearing her bug outfit. We don't know what she looks like yet. It looks like she might be scary, even though those of us who know, know that she's she's not. She's tough, but she's not scary. Xavier is tormented by dreams. There's a bug ship battle. He says, they're coming. Uh, so there's kind of a, a level of threat and urgency. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Marcus was just making big eyes and like acting like he was on guard. So yeah. That's- <laughs> be warned, be warned. <laughs> And then things start getting weird, right? Because uh, Professor Xavier gets the X-Men. He basically tells them you have to be on this shuttle. You, None of you are astronauts, but you have to get on this shuttle. Because as he says, all I can tell you is that an event of immense importance is about to happen in space. I'm telling yeah, you, just is- going back, back to my cult thing. I mean, they will do anything for him. They will shuttle themselves into space. <laughs> Yeah, this might be the worst delivered orders, maybe the, the you know, like, well, or let's say um, the least planned. Right. And uh, least reason given. Kind of like, just get all of your never having experienced zero G's before butts into outer space mm-hmm. in just your costumes, especially you, Gambit. Yeah, Gambit's definitely the one we trust most on a spaceship. And I feel too that like a Wolverine of today would just be like weak, like this is like you're this this doesn't work. And of course, it's a trap. All of them, at least he has military background. That's true. Does he know he has military background? (laughs) Questionable, but he has it. That's what matters. 
Right. Anyway, it's a trap. Who's surprised? Admiral Akbar could have told us that it's a trap on the Eagle One space station. There they meet Eric the Red, emissary for the Mad Emperor Deken of the Shi'ar Empire. Eric the Red is there to intercept. We get so much information. So like, much. So much so information. Like, Who is this? What's happening? So much. I mean, they are really making sure that for those of you who are first joining us today. Yep. Get on board, everybody. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Get on or be dragged. So he's there to intercept an enemy of his emperor, the rebel Lalandra. She comes through the wormhole towards Earth on her ship. Eagle One Station explodes. The X-Men take the shuttle, uh, but it crosses through Lalandra's energy contrail, which is apparently very dangerous. And we finish, this is just previously on. We finish up previously on with Gambit saying that there's going to be a barbecue and they're going to be the main course. Oh, man. Did I miss anything? Anything else that we should throw in there? I mean, that's probably a whole episode right there. We probably just need to stop. <laughs> just, just stop recording right now. That's it, friends. That's it. The rest is you're going to have to make up in your imagination. And curtain. <laughs> So scene one, Lilandra's ship is heading towards Earth and Jean is struggling, right? As you said, Carissa, Jean put her hand up. It's going to be me. And I give her credit because she knocked out Scott. Scott's like, I won't let you. We all know it's because Jean is his like emotional support person uh but she she knocked him out but she's struggling and I wrote that she's giving herself positive self-talk she has to hang on I must hold on gotta do this right you know it takes two people to be in a codependent relationship (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes it's not always no you don't always know who it is you know and this is where you really this is what shows you you know, Jean may faint, but uh, he needs her. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also like that it's like, oh, man, she's got like an automatic win to like any argument, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anytime she disagrees, she's just like, and knocked out. You're done. You're done. I've made the decision. <laughs> So Jean is thrown from her pilot seat, and I love that she narrates her actions, right? She says, course correction. And I remember that she, I forget that they, they haven't shown this as much in X-Men, the animated series, but in the comics, Storm and Jean are best friends. That's a thing that, that comes up semi-regularly. And Storm, in season one, uh, narrated her, what was it? Her diffusing of the warheads of like the, the missiles that Magneto fired at humanity. She's like diffusing warheads. And then she like faints in midair. So I think that they, they both took a page from each other there. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's some BFFs, some frenzies. Yeah. They action. don't even know that they do that, but they're like twins now. I think it's just, you know, like today it's picks or it didn't happen, then it was narration or it didn't happen. Right? Yeah. Or in like externalized Am I even monologue. doing anything if nobody can hear me explaining <laughs> what I'm doing? I don't think so. Isn't, isn't that like social media in a nutshell? <laughs> like, do I even exist if no one knows that I'm eating this sandwich right now? <laughs> nope, exactly. never happened. Never happened. <laughs> So uh, we get that classic moment that I, I just remembered so well for watching this as a younger person when, as you mentioned, Carissa, Jean cries out, Scott, Logan, 
Someone. Someone. Me. I know. So, well, I mean, Scott and Logan weren't coming. So those are probably like the only two people she really thinks about a lot of yeah. the time. And I mean, come on. They're like number one and two on the speed dial. So, yeah. you know, I mean, and that, that tracks. That totally no, tracks. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they, Not the professor. But, I mean, he's why they're there. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm, right somebody else has already asked for his help so he can't be bothered (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm having a nightmare please leave a message that's right (laughs) beep so things get real cool gene passes out and we see the cosmic entity of the phoenix this giant bright firebird take possession of her when she wakes up, she's just glowing with orange energy. She's able to make the re-entry, no problem. And the shuttle flies over Manhattan, which is pretty cool. I mean, and it takes a chunk out of the Chrysler building. Out. <laughs> I yeah, wrote just a little landmark damage. Just a little minor landmark damage. Come on now. A little bit. I wrote, she clips the Chrysler building and alarms some tourists. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the only indication we have. Otherwise, Manhattan's like pretty the much like... The only thing uh, it needed was somebody yelling, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> but this uh, is also, I mean, yeah, this is Jean Grey straining at her best. I mean, this is what Phoenix Saga is all about. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. It's all there. It's just gritted teeth, just full body tension. Absolutely. My favorite's the, like, the lip moving, you know, it's like... like, uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That, that, uh, the involuntary twitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. (laughs) So she lands in New York Harbor. For some reason, the shuttle ejects the space probe. I don't even ask about that. Just that's a thing that happens. And everybody's seatbelts unlock for some reason. And I think this is just this is just convenience. And that's fine because I don't care how a shuttle actually works. I want the Phoenix saga. And, yeah. and neither do the animators. So let's get them out of those chairs. Let's get her done. Keep it moving. Uh, Beast notes uh, that the probe has lost its watertight integrity, and um, which is surprising because it just went through the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> like, it seems like, you know what? It survived a lot, but, you know, landing, landing in... Uh, nobody can survive the Hudson. No, nobody. No. Uh, you know what it is. It's the, it's the Chrysler building. That's they don't right. make them like they used to. Uh, <laughs> and Cyclops is awake now, so that's good also. And of course, Cyclops being um, Captain Obvious, she tries the button to, <laughs> to get them out of the probe. He announces that it's blocked. Wolverine says, not for long. And, you know. Which, because luckily Wolverine didn't forget that he was a mutant, unlike Cyclops, <laughs> with beams that come out of his eyes. Right. Would never unable <laughs> to how would he open this door? Who needs a button? That's a, that's the gene whammy, right? It's just mm-hmm. like who am I? What am I doing? Everything's fine. He is so useless without her. That's I mean that's there's some okay there's some truth to that. Uh, so the X Men and the astronauts make it safely to the surface. Wolverine and Cyclops kind of compete to cry out for Gene. <laughs> Still going at it, eh, boys? And then the moment. Suddenly a light under the water, music cue, 
a figure bursts forth with her fists raised. She's crackling with power. And she says, what, Carissa? I am Phoenix. Yes. And everybody looks on in wonder, except for Beast, who has to say, fascinating. Fascinating. (laughs) I just like started guffawing when that happened. I was like, of course, of course he did. Fascinating. <laughs> I wrote in my notes that because it's Jean, she can only get so far. She faints, yeah. of course. She Help says, me. Help me, and falls into the water. Cyclops and Wolverine both dive for her and bring her up together. Good teamwork, guys, but also competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she says, uh, Scott, and water runs off her face, then she's unconscious. Commercial break. Oh, man. It's happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is so on. Big Phoenix mm-hmm. energy. Also, can we just talk about how great that costume is? The Phoenix costume is so iconic. I love it's it. It's stunning. And again, her hair is like so on point. I was like, yes, I'm so here for this look. And it's, it's, it's she doesn't have a weird ponytail and some weird like flesh yeah, colored bodysuit. Like that, that peach colored bodies. Oh, I can't take it. That peach colored unitar is like it kills me. It's like people who wear pants that are like skin colored, and you're like, I can't with you. What what's happening? Jean Grey has had some of the most challenging costumes in her history, in her in in her comic history. It's, there's been a That's lot of real. questionable choices, and uh, you know the first one, I get it. It was the height of 1965 um, uh, or 63, uh, whatever year it was that all, it all went down. <laughs> are, you, um, are you talking about like the sure. matching team costumes or the Marvel um, Girl costume with the pointy mask? Oh, yeah. Pointy mask. That's, that's somewhere in the 60s. Like, and I, and I get it. Um, but I mean, this was, a you know, this was like, oh. Let's make her a superhero. And also they brought in all these like cool costume designs of when you had like the whole acceptance of ethnic X-Men. They really <laughs> had to have Jean Grey. They're like, if she got if she's gonna stay on the team, we really gotta we gotta she's gotta raise the bar. Right. She's gotta stand out a little bit. You know what what makes a girl stand out? Short skirt. Let's get her one of those. Well, and also, even before that, with the original X-Men uh costume, she had a tough time because she was basically wearing like a swim cap that like went over like her eyes and had eye holes, and then her hair just like puffed out from the bottom. Which uh Chrissy, your hair has body. My hair used to have body, and it's just it's not it's not nice. It's not a not good look. Nice. Not cute. Though it does make more sense for like some kind of uh, vigilante. Okay. Okay. I see that. Well, in those days, you know, they really were underground. They were yeah, not yeah, kind yeah. of the, the UN. But not anymore. Mutants. Now she's got a sash. No, now she's got a real sassy face out in the open. Hair, Hair that don't super stop. Super teased. Super yeah. teased. And no complaints. No Gold complaints boots. here. Gold gloves, yeah. Higher the hair, closer to God. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> That's she's right. from Texas. <laughs> I think she's actually from the Hudson Valley, but um, okay, like <laughs> gold thigh high boots, subtle. Yeah, right. Subtle. <laughs> so okay, so uh, we come back from the commercial scene to the shuttle crash in New York Harbor is on the news as it should be. Uh, yeah, and I love that they're just like it's still a mystery as to what happened with the shuttle flight plan. <laughs> 
like, hey, y'all, um, whoever the, the federal aviation aid industry, whoever's like watching our airspace, uh, uh, keep it, keep it, your eyes peeled. Maybe it's like that Chinese balloon right now. That's out, you know what I mean? Like we've had so many of these things. Maybe it's like that. They were like, you know what? There's just one too many unidentified flying objects this week and we just really can't track on it. No, or I mean, did this, this predict the Sully uh, Sullenberger uh, miracle on the Hudson? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Cyclops tells Gene, I thought we'd lost you. Of course, his like major concern is for himself, right? Sure. He tells her she rose out of the water. And I love that in this first one, he says she said something. And I th- I almost feel like he didn't tell her that she said, I am Phoenix, because he knows. Like, this is the right. beginning of the end of his emotional support person. She's yeah. like becoming her own person. Uh-oh, Cyclops, what you gonna do? You would normal normally, if she were like emerged from the water, the first thing she would have yelled would have been Scott. So obviously, um, I don't even, you know, I, yeah. I she said something. I'm not sure. It was You're probably right. my name, but I can't <laughs> confirm. And if it wasn't can't my confirm. name, it wasn't, uh, then I don't know what it could yeah. be. Then, then she must not have been like making any discernible. She hit her head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> She's a for conveniently Jean doesn't remember at that time. Yeah, and doesn't remember anything. As a quick note yeah. to the animators, in the far shot she has earrings, and in the close shot she doesn't. Oh, uh oh, Phoenix wow. earrings. She asks, wow. "Did I survive?" She feels strange, like someone else. She says she feels like I could reach out and touch the moon and crush it in my hand, thus foreshadowing the <laughs> Phoenix's rampage. Cyclops asks who is Phoenix finally asking the question we all want an answer to and she just says Phoenix and her eyes light up with fire and we hear the call of a bird and she says am I Phoenix and we're all like yeah girl yeah girl (laughs) yeah you are (laughs) get it it's like no 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 that can't be right you're you're Jean (laughs) you need me (laughs) and so then enter Beast can we talk about Beast's fashion choice that he's wearing a Howard the Duck t-shirt he certainly is because you know what the situation needs a little levity that's right that's fair actually and I also just give Marvel a lot of credit for like never 100% giving up on Howard the Duck (laughs) Um, was it Marvel that never gave up on Howard the Duck or several year weirdos over the years who've been obsessed with Howard the Duck I stand corrected it was 100% an unbroken chain of weirdos no judgment but you know yeah he still shows up from time to time and it kind of makes me happy. Like I think he was at one of the Hellfire Galas in the last couple of years, so Sure. But <laughs> so it was Conan O'Brien. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I believe John Ham. Oh, it was John Ham. I didn't even miss that. I knew Kevin Yeah, Fabulous. yeah. They uh they draw in a lot of uh people there oh, yeah. there's a contest like you can enter to have your face drawn into the hellfire gala so fans get on that yeah but if that's what you're looking for <laughs> that's go what for you're it. looking for yeah um so professor x has to be the alpha still he comes in he says that a transformation has occurred that they do not yet understand it will be safer if gene does not leave the hospital so 
I also just, do you guys have any feelings about why Jean is in the hospital and not in the med bay? Interesting. I mean, fascinating. Fascinating. I was thinking maybe because it was such like a public landing that like mm. people n- knew, but I feel like the X-Men are pretty good at like hiding stuff and just running away. Right. Yeah. No, that, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. I think, I mean, I think it's just how they were taking like the script from the comic book and transposing it to the series Mm. because i don't think i mean aside from like the danger room and some other stuff like if something really bad happens i don't think they were supposed to have like those kinds of hospital facilities back (laughs) like during these issues of the comic book Mm. so Mm. and you know but as you know uh certainly as the story goes in the comic that's where she is when the rest of them go off to Muir Island uh, and it serves as a means for them to be separated. Um, So I think it's just kind of like how, you know, just how are we transposing this? All right. After the crash, he's in the hospital. Perfect. And then what happens? Right, right, right. And I respect that they get so much storytelling done. Like the amount of stuff that's happened in these first four minutes is ridiculous. So I'm, yeah. Yeah, efficiency people. We got a Phoenix saga. So Learn from uh, it. So Beast has some some Nancy what was I gonna say? Beast has some NASA intel, and apparently another ship is coming through the vortex. We all know it's Lalandra. They do not. And then Cyclops tells Professor X that he should share everything he knows because his emotional support person is being threatened. And he did yeah. not take lightly through it. Now he's mad about it. Was mad before when he sent him off on this crazy mission with zero information. But now he's pissed. But you know what? Better late than never. At least somebody's like, you know what? We all almost died <laughs> right, right. just now. So maybe next time, tell us a little bit more about your wet dream before you make us go into space for it. <laughs> yes. I love I love that there's a next time, Marcus, right? It's like next time there will be a next time. Send us to space. (laughs) And also I feel like I've been dumping on Cyclops. And really he is like relatively practical because he actually went to the professor's uh like quarters study before the shuttle and was like, isn't there like do you have any other information? (laughs) Professor X was like, no. Nah. <laughs> no, I just feel strongly. Yeah, okay. Okay. All uh, right. And Should we wait for everyone to get back? No? Okay. <laughs> Weird. Fascinating. I also want to point out in this scene that Gambit is still wearing his walk of shame clothes. <laughs> Such a fuckboy. Right? You know- All right, so we're moving along. Beast is going to go examine the mind control devices from the space station astronauts. He encounters Wolverine having a tantrum in the alley. He is so upset that he is beating up the garbage. Yeah, he really (laughs) knows how to work through his emotions in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Actually, though, it is kind of healthy, isn't it? Like, Like, he's not... Doing it to anybody? Like, I could see a therapist being like, do you have any garbage to punch? Like, maybe that'll work. It's, like, it's like one of those rooms where you just go and you just smash stuff, right? What yeah, are they I was just going to bring that up. And I think that this was might have was probably before those. Yeah. Yeah. 
This was a make so your this own. is where they got the idea. There you go. Have either of oh, you ever Lori. done that? Is there no. anything you can't do? No, it sounds aside fun. from have a healthy conversation. <laughs> <laughs> our um one of our other co-hosts Erin Murray Quinlan has done the smash oh, yeah. things room and she that said she awesome. was surprised by how sore she was and the amount of force it requires to really smash nice nice to your point Marcus Beast suggests that Wolverine like go see Jean and Wolverine's just like, I don't do hospitals. And, right. you know, I guess I Oh, get because it. Jean does? That's why she's there? She doesn't mind? <laughs> Loves them. Favorite. <laughs> Way to make visiting someone in the hospital about you. <laughs> what a hero. I'm not sure any of the X-Men have, like, amazing emotional intelligence. I mean, maybe Jean, even though she, like, subjugates herself to everybody else. But, like, nobody... Nobody else is real good at that. Then we get a weird little interlude. Beast says, science can wait, and offers to take Wolverine to a, quote, Manhattan night spot. Unquote. I was like, what? It was like, let's go to a bar. What? All right. Or is he implying a strip club? I. That's true. Mm. That's true. We don't really know since they never made it. No, I mean, what does Beast have in mind for a nightclub? You're a night yeah. spot. I'm sorry. Um, so Beast that hails helps. a cab in the alley, but when the cab driver sees him, he screams and peels off. And my question is, what kind of New York is that? Taxi discrimination right there. That's, That's what's happening. That's Black New York right there. Yeah. Mm. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so, which is a, a bit of a surprise Mm-hmm. To be written into an episode of X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about two I mean, social episode issues. of X Men. Definitely not, you know, issue. I, I, I'll see that. You know, Storm was there for the seventies, so sure. But um, <laughs> mm, cartoon, okay, wow, all right. Mm. Well, only a certain group of people are going to get that <laughs> reference watching this right? cartoon. <laughs> and then Wolverine makes it about himself, right? He says, "I'm just going to spend some time alone." <laughs> Yeah, they, they, like, give up on this plan so easily. They're like, let's do the... Ah, just kidding. So, meanwhile, Professor X uh, leaves via the roof, because that's cool in hospitals. That's fine. Uh, he gets into the X-Jet that is parked there, and a beam of pink energy pierces his mind. He cries out in torment, Who are you? What are you trying to tell me? He sees galaxies, a big crystal, Lalandra in her bug costume reaching for him. The experience levitates the plane and this, then just drops it. Just just drops it on the roof. And then, then we get a creepy astral projection of Professor X leaving the plane. It is wearing a cape and smiling in a way I think we could all agree we don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I just wrote, he floats out of body. What? Yeah. I would have to say, this is probably one of the weirder episodes of X-Men the Animated Series. Yeah. Um. Not really sure what the impetus was for for this. Uh, there was plenty going on in the Phoenix Saga that you didn't have to invent this weird little <laughs> like ghost moment trickster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm bad, Professor X. Whoopee! Like it's I know, just I very a like laugh. Like a yeah, right? laugh belongs with totally. that that visage. Totally. 
And it's just him with a darker suit and a cape. And a cape, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he's going to play in real hard in the next couple scenes. We see Storm meditating on the Brooklyn Bridge. I wrote, must be nice. um, (laughs) Taking in some yoga. Just just chilling. Just chilling. Just chilling. Uh, must be so so we see where all the x-men are wolverine is riding the subway the subway is green and i'm not sure if you all noticed inside the subway there was a poster for fun exclamation point i mean that's just about as effective as most subway ads it's true yeah no that that checks out uh so well so this is the the first encounter between really one of the x-men and the evil astral projection of professor x wolverine thinks he sees yuriko and uses uses his claws to open the door to the next car oh friends i just found out that that the subways are like removing the 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 doors between cars did you hear about that what Oh yeah, they uh, talked about that um, a while ago that that was happening, but the they've only they're only first now delivering the cars. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, because that's how they are in uh, like other um, places. Like that's how they are in Asia. Got it. Um, so that's it's so you can't fall off the train. No, in the makes of the total cars, sense. But sure. obviously, it also doesn't um, help restrict any uh aromas aromas from, yeah uh, moving freely um, <laughs> right throughout down the, the entire length of the car yep yes yep so, yeah I read uh, well today that i guess like more teenagers have like died from riding in between cars and stuff lately and i guess that's because of something on tiktok or who knows what wacky thing but yeah so that makes sense i'm glad they'll Hopefully I did see some kids and queens riding the top of the train, and it was like, ugh, ah, d- don't like, don't like. Yeah. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Yeah, I uh, was on a train where we stopped um, because the, uh, uh, the conductor saw, could see oh, wow. what was happening. Uh, and this was in a train that was uh, pulling into a station that had just uh, went across uh, the Williamsburg Bridge. Ooh. Whew, so that's okay. what they do. Got Yikes. it. All yeah. right. Uh, okay. Cool, cool. Back to x <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine's on the subway. Uh, he suddenly, the power goes out. Suddenly he's fighting Sabretooth. Only Sabretooth is enormous. Then Sabretooth disappears and Deadpool appears with a gun. This is a very cool scene. Like it's very yeah. dark and creepy and has cool lighting effects. It's almost very, it's almost a little Nightmare on Elm Streety. Right? Yeah. No, it's got it's got its own vibe for sure. And then uh, Deadpool changes into evil Professor X. And then Logan, uh, you know, master of the obvious, the professor walking, you know, that's the thing that they're most like, like, it's not like you in a cape here. It's like you're walking. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, and evil professor blasts Wolverine out the back of the subway onto the tracks. Mm -hmm. And he's he's real mean. He calls him an animal, always mm-hmm. causing trouble. It was a mistake to save you. And that great line, I'm tired of your selfish, undisciplined arrogance. And it's like, oh man, voice actor, you're really chewing on that. I like it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Really just kicking a guy when he's down. 
right? But Wolverine gives as good as he gets. You know, I ain't too fond of you either right now, Professor. And uh, Jubilee is tied to the tracks, or so Wolverine believes. Evil Professor X has a gun. The gun glues Wolverine's feet to the tracks. This is what really is that surreal. Stuff? What is that? It's like uh, expandable foam or something. What's going on there? It, remember Floam, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I let's make it that. That's yeah, what it is. Military grade flow. What's what's oh oh flow. Flow. <laughs> I was like, you you lived through the nineties, you know what flow is. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, uh oh, here comes the train. Fortunately, Wolverine remembers his claws again claws himself free grabs jubilee only in time to save her so she disappears and he uh, dodges the train and we get a good next time i'll walk uh which i feel like is real on brand and i bet he will <laughs> uh great so next scene uh the i guess the x-men the animated series version of Times square there's a sign for something called Unisonic. Oh, yeah. They're drawing two blocks and that's it. That's it. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I had to, I didn't have Indeed. to. I forgot. I forgot about Times Square recently. I had to walk <laughs> from uh, 34th Street to my destination was on 52nd. I'm like, oh, no problem. I'll just walk up Broadway. And then midway, I was like, this was a mistake. This was what not smart. Done? <laughs> not smart at all oh god this is still here oh, i hate this place oh, we got rid of this yeah uh there's a big line it it initially looks like it's for people to buy subway tickets above ground but that's fine there's it, yeah there, there's a movie but there's also a subway sign and it's not discernible what people are <laughs> waiting for we do find out it's the movie, right? Because Gambit and Jubilee are in line and Gambit loses no time hitting on the woman in front of them. Man, Roko's on a mission and it's like Gambit can't help himself. Yeah, he's like off gallivanting. I'm such a nerd. I was like, they're at a Broadway show. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? I mean, l- l- this woman had on all of the jewelry and uh, her oh. hair was very feathered. Um, so, um, it was just interesting to see what Gambit's, uh, type was like who he decided to sidle up behind. Uh-huh. Well, you make a good point. Cause it could actually just be lady with jewelry. Like he may have designs <laughs> on that jewelry. Right. But he also usually has designs on ladies as well. Maybe it's the best yeah. of all worlds. Yeah. For but I'm getting the feeling like, yeah, he's trying to get somebody with a little money because yeah. he's like a fucking fuck boy. Yeah, that's that's correct. Right. And you're right, Chris. It wasn't a movie because Jubilee hits Gambit and says, hey, you said you'd take me to see this Broadway show. And then we get oh, a great. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just a nerd and I wanted it to be a Broadway show because I love Broadway. <laughs> and then we get that line from Gambit. It won't last all night, but I'll still be going. And I was like, dang, like this is a Gambit's like like. The only one having adult adventures in X-Men, the yeah, animated X-Men X-rated is what yeah, he is. I mean, this guy is ABC, always be closing. Yep. <laughs> like, serious, like this, I was like, wow, this guy is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. But, you know, I mean, to be fair, you know, it's not like being an X-Men pays, so. Don't it, though? Doesn't Xavier have, like, the big money? Well, look, they get room and board, but like, there's no like, if they want to leave the mansion, they're on their own. I assume it's the same. It's just like with Hugh Hefner. 
if you leave oh. the premises, <laughs> like you don't get to take that lifestyle with you. Right. I see, I see. No pocket money. No. Got it. Okay. No, that makes sense. This that makes sense. Why they're he's like go to space and they're like yeah f- okay. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, Half wants the bunnies to go to space. Guess we're going to space. <laughs> That's to right. Space. So obviously, the good times can't last. Evil Professor X appears, and in reference to the ticket, he says that he has one for them, one way to oblivion. <laughs> Nailed it. <clears throat> Uh, Evil Professor X uh, sends Jubilee out into traffic, but Wolverine saves her. She says, Professor X is walking again. (laughs) It's like, guys, guys, that's not the thing we need to focus on here. He is, but. But also he's wearing a cape. He's wearing a cape. He might as well be Magneto. (laughs) He's evil now. I mean, that's the weirdest thing. (laughs) Why is Professor X wearing a cape? Oh, and he's walking. Yeah. <laughs> right? Isn't that how it's, that's supposed to go? Yeah, yeah. 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 And I love that Gambit refers to him as Monsieur Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they all try and fight for evil Professor X, but he disappears. Later, he's hovering over them. He says that he created the X-Men, and what he created, he can destroy. Commercial break. <laughs> he's such a scamp. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. Getting to it. So Storm is still meditating on the Brooklyn Bridge. I'd like to find out. She missed out on on space because the professor's like, uh, no, not you. Not not you. You stay home. You stay with me. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta have one bunny at home. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. She gets Jubilee's distress call. And honestly, I feel like we finally get a real assessment of the situation because Jubilee says the professor's going nuts. (laughs) <laughs> that's true indeed yeah. yeah and poor actual professor x we find out is still inside the jet he's still inside a crash jet on the hospital roof tough mm-hmm. times oh yeah and then the cops show up right freeze mutants um and jubilee says arrest him they're like arrest who um because they can't see him and the and they don't shoot anybody no, 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 they don't. And they, but they do get back up. I think they, they're a little freaked out. They're like, and they also don't shoot anybody. <laughs> they it's also crazy. Don't shoot anybody. Yeah. 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 And then we get storm because Wolverine's about to fight the cops. Right. Yeah. But storm shows up just in time to say, uh, let, let mist cover your retreat. And, and it does. So yeah. great. Also, yeah. did you she notice? Might as well, what, was weird, might, what was that weird pizza place? It was like, Wayne Ike Pizza or something. Yeah, Wayne Ike Pizza in, in quote-unquote Times Square. There was also like EGK Electronics. And I'm yeah. guessing it's like somehow related to to the writers or the animators. Because I remember when there was a list of names in a previous episode, it was all like Larry Houston's family. Yeah, yeah. It's just their children. <laughs> their parents. Something in there. All right. So we get some more info about Jean. Uh, Cyclops uh, shares it. So we find out she is at a small private hospital. So if you thought that was a big hospital, you're wrong. And she's on the east side look, being looked after by a colleague of beasts. Oh, yeah. And, the, and we find out that he's talking to Rogue, who has been on a mission this whole time. Obviously, otherwise, Gambit would not be quite so blatant. Yeah. Yeah. Or... 
that and not and not because had she been here, her power set could have saved us all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, she's gonna feel bad because about it she wasn't episode. on the team back during the original Phoenix Saga, mm-hmm. and her invulnerability and ability to take somebody's and skill set into herself might have solved this problem. <laughs> right. It's better that you go away <laughs> on an unnamed mission. Exactly, not you. We'll not give you, you more apt information about what hospital we're in then we will mention what you're doing. And I think, I honestly believe that it's a mission that we will never hear about. Right. Like, it's not like, it's not like in the comics, it would have been like, stay tuned for more information about Rogue Secret Mission. Um, Oh, uh, no, it wouldn't have been stay tuned. It would have been like, turn, uh, pick up the current issue of Marvel Comics Presents. Right, or Marvel (laughs) Team Up, right? That's what I, I used to love that about uh, comics when they would be like, oh, if you want to find out what's going on there, it's, it's, in, it's happening now in another book mm-hmm. and we'll tell you which one it is. So you can I know give us it was to money. sell more is- issues, but it was also such a like, you kind of have this all contained. Well, I loved it too. I think as a kid, especially when I first started reading comics, it was super helpful for me to get a map of everything that was going on. Because it was like, oh yeah, I do need to get that issue as like my brain tries to map out this world that I'm now mm-hmm. a part of. <laughs> Uh, back in back in the episode, Professor X goes after Cyclops. He's real mean to him too. He calls him an incompetent fool. But good news, Jean wakes up and she knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. And I would like to mention that uh, I did notice that this hospital room did have a ceiling fan. I noticed that also. Um. So uh, let that be information to you out there. That that's available. And if they try to tell you it isn't, say, I know it is. I've seen it. Well, they said it was on the east side where I live. So I should just look for this hospital. Yeah. That's the moral yeah. of the story. It's Mount Sinai. Oh, it is. Oh, great. Okay. It's, well, it's, that's, Mount Sinai. it's one of the VIP. I think it's where like Beyonce gave birth in Mount Sinai. So. Yeah. Ah. Well, that makes sense because because Bay would want a ceiling fan for whatever. If yep. she could, if there was one to be had, she yeah. would have it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, good it's, news. Uh, it's oh, hygienic. Yeah. Go ahead. It's hygienic. It's yeah. just... blowing, blowing things around the room is great. It's good. <laughs> they don't collect dust. That wouldn't be difficult for housekeeping. What? <laughs> All right, good news. A fiery phoenix bird emerges from Jean, and she and it defeat evil Professor X. And ever the uh, master of the obvious, Jean says that something is wrong and that the professor's mind is out of control. And then Cyclops calls the X-Men on his cell phone. (laughs) Yeah, 90s. In the cartoon, that technology being futuristic. Super futuristic. Because it was like... Not in fact, it really did in his hand. It looked like an iPhone. It was very small. It was mm-hmm. flat. It was yeah, yeah. No, they, that's a good point. So good news. Gene finds the professor in the jet on the roof. They get him out of the jet. He shares that he was reached by a psychic probe, the same one that warned him of the trouble on the space station. Uh oh, though, one of Eric the Red's lackeys appears on the roof. He is hiding with a camera, and Eric the Red is watching all of this happen live. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, how else are you going to see this footage? It's um, great footage. It is. It is great. Um, and uh, Eric the Red, uh, our space leather daddy, is not. <laughs> Big time. Pleased with what he sees. Well, I love the idea, too, that, like, Eric the Red, because he is kind of, um, like, like uh, low status compared to Deken, right? He's kind of obsequious. And I love the idea that he, like, is secretly making a documentary, like, about his adventures, like, to show Deken, like, look at, the, look at what I'm doing. <laughs> So anyway, he's see, he's seeing all of it. We find, Professor X confesses that the dark side of his nature was allowed to lash out at what he cares about most, the X-Men. And it's interesting because he says that like previously he had the dark side like contained in his mind, that there had been barriers in his mind that the psychic probe had dissolved or disrupted. And I feel like nobody brought up like that thing's living in you all the time. You know, this is some classic abuser shit. Mm, yeah, exactly. classic abuser shit. Back you know, it's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I mean, this, this, this probe, this crazy probe just made me, you know, like all of this. And that. Meanwhile, it's like, how much resentment are you harboring just beneath the surface? Mm. No, sir, the surface. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is classic abuser behavior. Well, regardless. The X-Men gather around their abuser in an alley where there's a Fox uh, poster hung because, you know, X-Men was on Fox Kids back in the uh, back in the day. Professor X uh, gets real dramatic until I regain control of uh, my subconscious. My orders cannot be trusted. He does put Cyclops in charge of things. He's going to go to Murr Island. Bagpipes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and on the island, uh, he is met by da- his his sometime fuck buddy, Dr. Moira McTaggart. Uh-oh. And the, her love, Sean Cassidy, a.k.a. Banshee. Now, for anyone who likes a deep cut, Marcus, you know this, Banshee was a member of the team during the original Phoenix saga. So Banshee That's was right. a part of the all-new, all-different X-Men, but he always kind of struggled because he was like the, the older guy. Like, he was... He was the the experienced superhero along with with all of these kids. Right now in the comics, well, he was the he was their first uh, little retconning because he had initially appeared during the first run as a villain. Oh, I forgot. You're yeah. right. Was that that was like issue like eleven or thirteen or something? That was a big issue. Something back then, um, but yeah, it was very crazy and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, and so they changed it up and made him an ex Interpol officer. Yes. Who, but who still smokes from a pipe. Yep. Um, and inhabits many other Irish American stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? They must have made him Interpol just so that he could have been like, he fought against the IRA. Like, you know that that's oh, like what the right. implication is. Like, that's the only reason they were that specific. <laughs> 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 yeah, and he and he mentions it with like some frequency, like it's mentioned regularly. So much so that he probably was a double agent and did work for the IRA because he's because <laughs> hey, it's me. You used to, used to uh, work for Interpol, you know, you know, big big secret agents. Don't tell anybody. Work for hey, don't forget. Used to work for Interpol. Yeah. Tell no one. Shh, just you and me. 
And Moira <laughs> clearly is hot for that. Um, oh, yeah. But the professor is rude. And he's just like, I have to go to my room. That's was sort of a Wolverine voice. That's not what he said. But like, basically, like, I'm done here. And what's weird is then the professor in his room tries to contact the probe. The probe has been contacting him. But he's like, no, no, I'm d- I'm calling you. <laughs> this time and Moira and Sean make out outside his window and I just also want to call attention to those amazing accents of Moira you know I didn't know uh that's um that's some good stuff I uh I have to say that I agree that this non-union talent perhaps were not Irish in ethnic origin and maybe didn't have uh, someone in the family mm. from whom they could uh, reference and uh, feel at home with. Right. Well, right, because the, the rest of the X-Men vocal choices are all really tame, very, very nuanced. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. From what I gather from this whole... Um, uh, alien energy probe situation is that it seems more invasive than the um, uh, the traditional anal probe that we've heard so much about. <laughs> this has been lasting for multiple days, so much, leaving him in such agony. He sent people to outer space. He screamed, like, I mean, what? They're, they're Are probing. we sure it's worth it? Are we sure this is worth it? Has he requested an anal option? <laughs> I was just going to say they're probing the butt of his mind. <laughs> mm, they should do the butt of his butt. They should, they should definitely. <laughs> Seems like it would be a lot easier. <laughs> I would love to hear him scream like, don't you want my butt? <laughs> Please. Please. Now, he succeeds in contacting the probe and i just want to say usually i feel like it's the first three minutes of any episode that has just so much exposition crammed in the last three minutes of this episode holy shit yeah Yeah. she really does deliver the history of a planet doesn't she Yeah. yeah so let's let's roll through this real quick uh when when he has his mind you know uh uh, touching Lilandras, they touch hands in his mind. Suddenly his room is smoking and she is there. She removes her helmet. She introduces herself as Lilandra. We find out about her brother, the Mad Emperor de Kent. We find out about the Emkron crystal. Um, and that if the crystal, which he wants, right, as like his mad, mad weapon, pursuit of power. Uh, right. And if the crystal. If it, it, I mean, it's made of crystal, so you know he's got to want it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and He's super into crystals, you guys. Guys, I'm real into crystals. <laughs> <laughs> I love a rock shop. And so then you get this, sir. You do. get this man oh, speaks man. to you. If I this has a very, like, very powerful vibrations from this crystal. If I were a mentally ill, a, like avian alien emperor, I would want this so hard. Yes. I would kill people for it. I see what's happening here. So anyway, apparently if he gets the crystal, uh, it's going to be breached and both of the galaxies will be at risk. We know that is true because we see little bug aliens running and presumably dying as their planets explode. Lilandra uh, stole the MCON crystal, which was a little surprising because when it was shown, it looked 
real big, but I know that it can be different sizes and that's, that's fine. Uh, Professor X asks the major question, why did she come to him? And she's basically like, two minds are linked from the moment of their creation. It's like love, only deeper. Do you also believe this? And because she's so hot and exotic, Professor X is like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up. I like the idea of like, we're like star-crossed lovers, but painful. (laughs) Because reaching out to you was clearly an agony for you while it was child's play for me. <laughs> oh, man. So, so we, and we get the, that line for some reason. It's always stuck in my head. But I also saw this a million times as a kid. I've seen your face a thousand times in my mind, which is, is weird. Because he's like, I actually never saw your face. I just saw your, your bug mask. <laughs> and it's nice to see your face. It was obscured for dramatic tension. Oh, well, right? Because they did make us wonder because sometimes in his visions there was like a big Lilandra and like a tiny ship in her hands. It is a lot to buy. I mean, he I mean, he's he must be pretty lonely if if she's just and he's like, how did you know about me? Um, because um, it was meant to be. Uh, you believe that, right? She does ask him, right? She does. Yeah. She does actually. She does basically say, "You buy this, right?" Yeah. Do you also believe this? <laughs> like with the, the inflection. The inflection is like, "I know you do." Yeah. And keep in mind, she's still wearing the astronaut uniform for now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and he's still like, "Yup." Yep. All in. Well, all I mean, in. he thought Moira was the one, and she's like playing tonsil hockey with Sean out on the cliffs. They even comment on like how lonely he is, right? So this is just like... That's true. And he did throw immediate shade. So he could maybe be like definitely down to be like, yup, we were definitely meant to be. Let's tell everyone right now. (laughs) Yeah, make make her jealous. Let's make a big thing out of it. Yeah. In a relationship. (laughs) it's complicated so we think things are kind of cool there's a knock at the door but again and this is like in the last two minutes enter juggernaut it's not moira professor she's still making out with sean it's juggernaut who busts through the wall um and he says you must be lalandra and he like is gonna like crush her in his grip to be continued. <laughs> Guys, so much happened in this episode. So much. <laughs> so much. Like that was like when you did the last episode recap. That was like the same thing here. Dang. Dang. Anything we didn't get to say about this episode before we we give out some awards. I feel like we covered a lot of ground. No, I I feel good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is just such a weird episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all over the place yeah so here at gino we like to give out some awards before we we close and i really mixed feelings about who gets the oscar this episode because on the Ooh. one hand I, I feel like obviously it should be gene because sure. she is phoenix but on the yep. flip side evil professor x was really quite something yeah Maybe he's getting supporting, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. best supporting actor, cameo actor in a mentally ill supporting role. Yes, that's right. 
And uh, VIP, v- who who is our VIP character? I feel like it's Lalandra, but I could be swayed. Yeah, no, no, I'm down for that. Um, you know, I gotta say, uh, the uh, the person uh, who stuck out for me um, was Storm. She expertly excused herself from the situation and just meditated. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, obviously has its own benefits, but uh, it obviously also worked doubly so because by meditating, I'm assuming that's how she completely avoided the attention of uh, caped uh, Professor X. Absolutely, uh, sure, yeah. I'll look into it. I'll read into that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then she just like shows up to like help them out with some mist. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was a big fan of how she handled herself while she was just like, you know what? I'm going to let all of y'all deal with this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to excuse myself until the plot calls for me later. Friends, that's called boundaries. That's called self-care. And Storm knows what's up. So mm-hmm. yes, agreed, a hundred percent. And then any any favorite lines? I I know that. Uh, do you also believe this is probably a good candidate? Anything else? Yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going for beasts like double fascinating. Right? He pulls a fascinating on the phoenix, and he pulls an equal fascinating for whatever they extracted from those those guys. Right? Oh, They're the mind like, control oh, devices. Go look at these implants or whatever fascinating same fascinating so I, that's my catchphrase for the show i think love it you know yeah i mean and talk about efficiency right like i mean the guy has got like a few catchphrases and so like he just comes in lays down some st- stuff and then just like hits his catchphrase twice and it's like and i'm out <laughs> oh yeah exactly he's like i'm gonna make that pocket money to be able to go to my own broadway show here we go cash think- in okay. i'm done do you think Beast actually went to the Manhattan night spot? <laughs> like <laughs> by himself. He, you know what? I think it's probably like a place, like one of those places that looks like one thing on the outside, and then you have to like have a secret code word, and then you're led into like a cellar, and it's like the 1920s, and they have like fancy cocktails. That's what I think. That's yeah, where he ended he was up. Obviously dressed to go out that night. Yeah. He was wearing his Brooklyn t-shirt, Howard the Duck. <laughs> was done he was already it was already happening it was already on like there's nothing to be done about it everyone loves the uh, the duck shirt right mm -hmm. i think uh my favorite line is uh gonna be uh professor x throwing uh tons of shade saying how fortunate now if you'll show me my quarters moira i need to rest (laughs) Wow. No, he's totally Diva. fine with his engagement. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine with his engagement, though. <laughs> he might as well have said, buckle up, boys. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> I mean, that's how Wolverine would have done it, but, you know. And it would have been perfect for a guy on wheels. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Missed I'll opportunity. Also, I'll also just... Missed opportunity. Mm, well, we know what your mutant power isn't. Hey oh. <laughs> I um one, one last word I'll throw into the mix is uh won't last all night, but I'll still be going. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, oh. baby. Yeah, you oh, will. <laughs> we, oh. 
This has really been need season you on three, the team. episode four, The Dark Shroud. Friends, thank you so much for being a part of our broadcast this evening, um, or whatever time, friends, that you're listening to this this evening here in New York City. So, Carissa, if our listeners want to find out more about what you're up to, how can they do that? They can find me on the interwebs at Carissa, C-H-A-R-I-S-S-A dot N-Y-C. Sweet. And how about you, Marcus? At Mr. Underscore B-O-D-D-Y Body. Mr. Body. Mr. Body. And I am at sarahmusek.com. The podcast you can follow on Instagram at gene-no with four O's. And we hope to, uh, to see and hear you next time. Gene, no! An X-Men The Animated Series podcast. 